Like I've never like been hit in the chest and been like, thank God it wasn't my nuts. Let's rewatch the show where we like to watch movies that we loved in our youth and uh, kind of take a look and see if they're actually still any good. I am Nick. With me, as always, we have. I'm Brett. I'm Sam. I'm Ash. Am I in this? And that's Bryce. And this time around, we're joined by a special guest, and I'm I'm actually kind of concerned. I'm I'm thrilled that he's here, but I'm worried that he's been governmentally assigned to appear in every podcast currently recording. Man, I wish that was true. <laughs> We've got Justin McElroy, who nope. has good. Luck. What did you say? Did I, oh my god! I said, you sound just like my father. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. That's okay. I'm used my, to it. I used to answer to that. We've got Travis McElroy. Welcome, Travis. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. I and love doing podcasts. Yeah, you've got, what, eight, nine, ten eight. of your own? I do eight podcasts. And you, One of them is easy, though, because it's once a year. Right. So that's a lot easier. To a splart. Mm -hmm. That one's the easiest one. So we don't have to record one episode every Thanksgiving. And you've also been guesting on a shitload of podcasts I've recently. been trying to, man, trying to get the word out. Trying to, you know, be on my grind. Spread um, that gospel. I'm thirsty. Um, I think these are all the right terminology for working hard. <laughs> so basically, we discovered Travis through my brother and my brother and me. Mm -hmm. And then through so many. Are you sure? Are you sure you you know who Travis is, though, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm me. Sure. I'm very special. <laughs> yeah. The Travis McElroy, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. the, it's the My brother, my brother, me is the flagship. That's the, the first one. Um, and then we launched into the Adventure Zone, which is the one where we play Dungeons and Dragons with our dad. Then I did Bunker Buddies with Andy, where we talk about different um, apocalypse scenarios, but we have no idea what we're talking about. So it's mostly just us making jokes. There's Can I Pet Your Dog, where me, Renee, and Allegra talk about dogs we met that week, different dogs, um, breeds, and training tips, and that kind of thing. And then there's Schmanners that I do with my wife, where we talk about different etiquette throughout the ages and how it applies to modern day. Um, there's uh, Interrobang that I do with my friend Tybee where we rant for 45 minutes. There's trends like these where me and my best friend of the last 14 years, Brent, talk about what's trending on the internet and we go beyond the headlines to what the actual story is. Then there's still Death Doors Blart where every year on Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, we watch and review the movie Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 and that will continue for the rest of linear time because when one of us dies, we will be replaced by someone else for the rest of forever. Um, I also produced a show called Baby Geniuses, uh, where they have guests on and experts and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, most of those shows are on MaximumFun.org, and those are all the shows that I work that on. That is super impressive, and Brett, don't you dare cut any of that out. That is a <laughs> tremendous resume of, Thank of you. podcasting. What you're saying is you have a lot of free time. Yeah. yeah, and I actually just, as I was saying those, I feel like I missed some. I don't think I did. <laughs> They're all on McElroyShows.com, so that's the easiest place and to find BT all And BT-dubs, like, I have not listened to all of these shows, but I I've don't listened either. to many There's of them. Many. There's so many of <laughs> them. And they're so I just have freaking to say. good. Thank like, you. I listen to Mabim Bam, Adventure Zone, and Terabang. Um, I listen not religiously to uh, to Bunker Buddies, but I listen to it Please a lot. Please don't re listen religiously. We're not trying to establish the religion. <laughs> I know I've heard a lot about it. We're just people. Oh, and Schmanners. Did you mention Schmanners? I think I have Schmanners. Listened yes. to Schmanners. I still Schmanners haven't listened to Trends like yeah. my new yeah. favorite one. But um, I just don't have enough time even for Travis podcasts. Yeah. No, there's honestly, there's too many. Um, my goal is to try to have something for everyone, for literally everyone. Mm -hmm. Enough podcasts 
podcast that everyone can listen to their own and everybody just has a bespoke podcast. That's my goal. At the you end should of the look into cloning technology. I'm working on it yeah. so hard. Oh, trying to spend all these podcast dollars. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's going to be my new Trying to fund term. some cloning research. Cloning technology. No bespoke podcasting. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the, the next thing where you just create one specific podcast for one person. Is it I can make it me and Paul F. Tompkins just creating podcasts left and right. Oh, yeah. Are they sold on cassette tapes made of like wood? Yes. Oh man. That's how we got started. Um, it, it, it all comes back full circle. My brothers and I actually used to record radio shows. This is true. Um, on cassettes that we stole from our church that were supposed to be like devotionals and like little sermons <laughs> that you would take home and you would listen on your own and we would take them and record over them oh, no. and just record our own radio shows on them. And then put them back on the shelf Man, in the church. Man, I wish we had been that funny. God, I wish that's what we had done. Mostly I think they just filled up a shoebox in my older brother's closet. So I'm I'm equally excited about this week's movie. Um, we were kind of having an email exchange, you know, what movie are you going to watch this time? And Travis threw out a list of a few movies that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. And the one that I immediately locked on was Goonies. Yeah. Because I feel like this, like Goonies is the template for what this podcast is all about. And it's kind of the perfect example for what we're doing. But we didn't want to do it too early. And yeah, now we're you've like... You've said this before, where you're like, Goonies, we should watch it. Yeah, and we keep saying Every on the episode. show, we're going to do it. Now we're going to do it. We're like, what, 12 episodes deep? Something like you're that? You're 16. 16. I'm so excited to be part of the Goonies episode. I'm not even joking. Like, I remember loving this. There was a part of me, my brothers have shouted me down for this many times. There was a part of me that used to swear up and down that there was a Goonies too. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I convinced myself because of this. Because it's a great to the, gag. To the point of, I could remember like an opening sequence that I convinced myself existed oh. where they, like, it was them older, like in prison. I don't know why. Travis, you have a beautiful mind. <laughs> from whole cloth. It was not, this was nothing, but I used to like argue with them about it. I'm like, no, I think it's real. You, there is no Goonies too. You need to call up um, psychologist Elizabeth Loftus who yeah. works at UC Irvine. And she legit can implant fake memories in people's brains. What? And she total recalls people? She, no, I'm sorry. She incepts people. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She incepts true, people. True. She doesn't like stick a thing in your brain. But, I'm so yeah. excited. Can she remove memories? No. Good question. Awesome. So she can't eternal sunshine. No. Okay, so That's where we're at, we're between inception and total recall, but not no on the side of the scale that is eternal sunshine. Okay. Kay. Because if I just you want to make sure we know where we are. Miller's Crossing from my memory and let me watch it over and over again, I would pay hundreds of dollars I, for I that. Just, I just, this is a great, the, I love the concept for the show because it falls into, as I was driving here, I was trying to think of all the things I could remember from Goonies. Hmm. And I have that, you know, there's this thing in human memory where like the more you recall a memory, the yeah. more corrupted yeah. it gets. You like fabricate yeah. your own. And so yeah. that's the thing is like maybe jokingly one time I said there should be a Goonies too. And then I talked about it enough times and I was like, you know what? Maybe there is a Goonies too. Yeah. And then eventually, so like a, a lot on my brother, my brother and me, there's all these moments where legitimately a memory will pop into my head and I'll say it to Justin e. Griffin and be like, did this happen? Am I making this up? <laughs> like Night of the Museum? Yeah, where it's just like, I'm <laughs> almost <laughs> positive that I was this so on Travis's happened. side with that, the we, Night okay. of the Museum thing. So Sidebar, we, we listened to that episode and we were like talking to Nick and we're like, did you listen to that new episode where Travis said this thing about the mat and whatever and seeing a boom mic? Can you believe that? And Nick was like, oh no, it's totally a thing. Yeah, and we were like, what? What so, it is, is I could remember seeing Night at the Museum and for the first 10 minutes, I remember like I... 
I think they were projecting it wrong. That's what it ended up being. But the format was wrong in the projector, and you could see like the cables on the ground and the boom mic overhead. And I brought this up to my brothers, and they reacted like I was having a oh, fever yeah. dream that I had made this <laughs> up. And I was like, I, and even as I was saying it, I was like, I don't know if this is true. Yeah. I so, can't remember if I made this up. So you probably got this over Twitter, but I want to say it just so it's out there. The best example of this that you can see proof of immediately, go on YouTube, search for Pee Wee's Big Adventure, the scene where he's locking up his bike. Because on YouTube, it's the four by three without the matting, and he's pulling the chain out of the basket, but the chain is running up yeah. through the bottom of the basket, which never should be seen on screen. You can also see it in um, the widescreen, I want to say whatever the wrong format of Malcolm in the Middle is, and you can see where they're supposed to be like Dewey's stand-in, but it's just this random blonde oh, no. kid who's just standing there in all the shots where it's supposed to be Dewey, but it's this like other kid where it's just like, is that a mystery brother? Who is this? And it's just because it was never meant to be shown in that format. So they never thought that you would see that. So there's like a great scene from the Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, it's all, like all over Tumblr, but where the formatting was supposed to be that you just saw like one of his friends talking to him and Malcolm sitting in like a school desk and the kid's like, there's no more empty desk. And you can see just to the left of Malcolm, <laughs> two rows of empty desks in the shot. So it completely changes the concept of the scene to be like, oh, this kid's a liar. That's it's what this scene's about. Yeah. He's the fucking worst. <laughs> Yeah, I was on your side immediately on that one. Yeah, Nick pulls out his phone, pulls out the the Pee Wee clip, and I'm just like, because I'm the film school kid that was like, no, this isn't fucking real. But the thing is, if you think about it, the craziest thing about it is, it is true because they will shoot and then let them like mat it in the projector and when you think about the type of person that's hired to project movies in a movie theater oh, yeah. and this is not to like knock those people I worked as a projectionist in a movie theater but you don't think like this is like I spent you know a hundred million dollars making this movie and then Steve who gets five dollars an hour will determine whether or not it looks stupid yeah <laughs> and in your defense as a film student you never shot on a four by three exposure 35 millimeter print I shot on 16 Oh, did you? Oh, well, excuse me. Oh. Don't drop the mic, please. It's <laughs> <laughs> still like that. That's In just. Face. It's not a thing that people do that much anymore. No, you know, yeah. you're shooting digitally, yeah. or maybe you're shooting, Definitely. you know, with an anamorphic. So is that like the same thing as the uh, the Berenstain Bears phenomenon? That no, I that's cannot my whole life. Life. Yeah. I can't remember that whether the thing is that's true. That's a time traveler situation. <laughs> like Sam Beckett rewired us to think it's There's spelled. so much shit that yeah. I can remember from my child. Like ran, there's like a show. There's this is a real show, uh, but called Turbo Teen, where this kid, every time he ate something spicy, would turn into a car. What? No, that's if, you said, if you said that to a human being who didn't know that that was a real thing, that sounds made up. Yeah. But that was a real does. ass cartoon that really existed. What, There's so much what was stuff. The plot? Was was his villain like spicy salsa king? Well, so like, it, was a, it was both a, it was both a blessing villain. and a curse in many ways. Where he could use the power to, you know, escape bad guys, battle evil. But if he was eating something, oh, turned out there was pepper in it. He had to get outside before he turned into a car in the dining room, I guess. So, like I said, I, it was on when I was a kid. I don't know that I uh, can tell you anything about it other than he ate spicy food. He turned into, I don't know what else you need to know. But um, Oh, it writes itself from there. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it, it, you, that's eight seasons. Clearly, easily. there's a yeah. whole story arc. But, like, there's stuff like that where, as I was driving over here, I was like, Goonies has such potential yeah. of having 
the like just super racist, super oh, sexist, homophobic jokes throughout that yep. like in the eighties was okay. nothing. Yep. That was nothing. I think it does have a big prejudice towards disabled people. Oh, so yeah. there's a little time bomb cooking for that. I oh think. my god, I'm so excited to watch it. Just for moments, where I'm like, oh yeah, that used to be okay. Yeah. Oh, that used to be a thing you could say, huh? Probably a little racism. Probably. I mean, I know that there's the Asian kid yeah, and there's a lot of jokes around that. I cannot <laughs> wait. So we're okay. So we're watching Goonies from 1985, directed by one of my very favorites, Richard Donner. We all know Richard Donner from the excellent Superman movies. The the only good ones. The yeah. only good Superman I'm, movies ever. I'm totally on board. <laughs> I could rant for hours about Man of Steel, but I'm not going we'll to. We'll do that off mic. Um, and of course, the Lethal Weapon movies. Oh, um, one of my favorites, Scrooged. One of my what? my Christmas. He picks. did Scrooge. He did direct Scrooge. Wow. Yeah. Um, and more recently, Maverick and Timeline. But yeah, Richard Donner's my boy, man. I recently, so, along the the premise of this podcast, I recently made my wife watch Maverick, which was oh. uh, the we're talking the, the later one, good. right? The, the, with Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. I loved Jody it. Foster. I loved it. And I, I made her watch it. it. And we got through the whole thing. And in the end, she was like, I thought you said it was a comedy. Oh, no. And I was like, it was. It's and she was like, that was like not funny. And she didn't mean like it was boring. She meant like in the course of the movie, there's people shot. There's like chases. It's an action movie that I remembered as just a I remember me being slapping funny. good time. But it, there's like some very dramatic parts in it. Mm. My wife was like, I did not care for that at all. Cause I had built it up for her that it was going to be this hilarious, like slapstick. Like I, I described it like it was Shanghai noon. <laughs> like well, I was like, it's like a buddy kind Jodie Foster and Mel Gates hilarious. And she was like, yeah. that was not, that was not a comedy and I was like it's pretty funny and she's like no like I, there was not a joke in it it's just like whimsical events I was like oh you're right it's not a comedy at <laughs> Which all is uh, kind of what we're doing in this show anyway like there's so many hazy memories we think we know like go back to our American Werewolf in London episode yeah. there's shit we think we know that we're really wrong about. Nick was yeah. so incredibly wrong about everything about that movie yeah <laughs> except it being awesome it except was it being yeah. awesome yeah, yeah you're right we've got a bunch of uh, child actors a few of which grew up to be people we know and love today. Which grew up to be people. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Corey Feldman is in this. Um, really? Yeah. Oh my um, God. Sean Astin, also known as Samwise Gamgee. Here's oh. the one thing I know when they were doing the like 20th anniversary, 15th, and I look back, they did like a commentary for the movie now as adults. And uh, Sean Astin was doing Lord of the Rings. So they <laughs> stood a little Sean Astin, like Samwise doll, like in his chair. And they oh. would occasionally like oh. ask it questions and reference it. It was every other kid now was an adult except Sean Astin. Oh. So they'd be like, what do you think, Sean? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think the the biggest child actor from this movie that grew up to be one of our big stars today is Josh Brolin. Um, oh, I think, snap. Yeah. Yeah, little kid Josh Brolin in Who's this. that? Yeah, wait, what? So uh, he kind of had his... <laughs> oh, you mean like, who is he now? No. He kind of had his comeback yeah. with uh, Hollow Man in 2000, but we no really saw him... Men. No Country for Old Men and Planet Terror were the oh. same year. Yeah. Um, oh, what did he do really? just Those recently? Hail Caesar. Hail oh, Caesar yeah, just Hail now. Hail Caesar. That's what he was just in there. Yeah, the, the big Hollywood exec. And uh, we're soon to see him as Thanos in all of these uh, Marvel movies that are about to roll out. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but did he play Thanos in Guardians? I think he did the voice, okay. but they had a different mocap actor, something like that. 
It's probably Andy Serkis. It's always yeah, Andy Serkis. <laughs> There's only one mocap actor. It's just Andy Serkis. <laughs> and, the, and the family circus, of course. Washing and his brothers, <laughs> his sisters, his mom, the whole family circus. <laughs> Including little Jeffy. And- little Jeffy, but he didn't do it. Who yep. did? Not me. <laughs> Not me. Um, so yeah, at this time, he was really just James Brolin's kid. And so I'm kind of curious. So James Brolin was this other big actor. James Brolin in of- Maverick. He, he was play- in Maverick. Yeah, okay. he plays the um, the guy, the mayor, whoever's organizing the big poker tournament. Man, I hope that's true. I feel <laughs> like that's true. I said it with such confidence, yeah. didn't I? It was you one of those things it. where I said it, and then I was like, wait, hold on. Is that true? I think it's true. I'm we'll check out. It. We'll check IMDb, and if you're right, we'll edit out your second guessing. Yeah. No, leave it in. So then I get a lot of people being like, you were. And I like that. That makes you feel nice. <laughs> You but, are smart, Travis. <laughs> Everyone likes you. That means if, if you're wrong, though, Twitter, well, you, you must crush him. That's that's <laughs> the, the tricky tightrope right there. Yeah. You just got to be right for that to work. So, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a, an interesting experience. I, I want to kind of go around the room and, and get an idea of what we expect. For me, this has always been that movie that everybody reveres that I barely remember. I, re- I vividly remember a few scenes. There's a line delivered by Sean Astin that for some reason stuck in my memory that nothing else does. But I'm a really big fan of these movies of that era that were shot from the point of view of the child. Yeah. I always talk about E.T. And I think this movie is one of those. When was this shot? I, this was 85, a little after E.T. I think, because what I was going to say is I, I agree with you because what I remember from this is that this was not patronizing to kids, mm-hmm. which is why I think it's still revered. And I think that it, it it is still a thing that people look back on and remember because this was not, the kids were like the snot-nosed brats and like, or they weren't. Um, you know, just there to be like comic relief that like the heroes of this movie were like an average age of like 10 to 14. And so it, it was about like, hey, kids, you can do cool stuff too. And it's not a joke that you're doing cool stuff and it's not weird. There was like, I feel like there were a ton of these kinds of movies in the eighties where it's like your ETs. Oh, what's the explorers? Is that what it was called? Explorers and flight of the navigator kind of meshed together in my mind. But just that idea of like, here are some kids on an adventure. Like it's not weird. This is, it's, you too from the perspective of the kids to be fair flight of the navigator was really weird it was the weirdest part is when you like he sneaks inside a robot to get back to the ship and then the robot is peewee herman there's a time travel no no he gets in this box like a weird box thing to get onto the ship to get back to them because he like wakes up in the future and sarah jessica parker's there and like she's got dye in her hair it's a whole thing you guys this sounds like the game we've been playing i don't need to know what you you guys do. <laughs> your time. Well, Travis, we invite Pee Wee Herman over. Well, and, why uh, wouldn't you? <laughs> that sounds awesome. I no, bet he knows not. some stuff. No, we've been playing. What is it? Broken Age. So I maybe for- it's not like that at all. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> if you want, if you need to know what Flight of the Navigator was, it's Pee Wee Herman as the disembodied voice of a ship going, see you later, navigator, right? And like, that was, that was solid. That was I want you to know, good, yeah. solid. All right, next week we'll be doing Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. Yeah. No, please don't make me watch that again. I remember it being awesome. You are wrong. It had a great soundtrack. But I also, so I remember this Did movie. It? it was like Kid Night Raider. As, it was great. I remember this movie being 
I want to say empowering for kids. Mm. We'll see how that actually well, we kind of felt that way so about Jumanji to too, where yeah. it was like Jumanji again, kind of like Jumanji's you, just messed up, you guys. Well, it is. Yeah, I think it, it tried and <laughs> Jumanji. There's something about the 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 late '80s, early '90s films that did that, where they put the kids as like the main characters. Yeah. and and that's funny because I feel the same way about the early '80s movies. Yeah. Once again, ten year age difference. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I will be interested to see. I because that's the thing. I also remember it being incredibly family friendly. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. The yeah. one thing I remember, the moment that I'm really looking forward to watching as an adult, and this is the moment that most stands out in my mind, probably based on how old I was when I finally saw it, where I want to say I was like 12 or 13 when I finally watched Goonies. So there's a moment where the younger brother kisses the older brother's girlfriend Ooh. by oh, yeah. pretending to be him standing in a hole. Wait, that's no. the only thing Where, I can remember. That how would in the you dark. describe this hole? That, that, well, all is I remember is a... like they're in the dark and he's like, does the voice. That, like I said, haven't watched this in I... easily 20 years. And I think that like she kisses him and she's like, are you standing in a hole? You're a lot shorter than I remember. And he's just like, oh, oh, oh. and he like kisses his brother's girlfriend, if I remember correctly. Are you thinking of Revenge of the Nerds? No, that also <laughs> happened. That I remember being a far more upsetting scene yeah. than this. this yeah, is, that was very, very I think wrong. this is a lot more playfully uh, executed. But then again, you know, not- I haven't watched it in 20 years. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. It might be super creepo. So what do you think, Sam? Is this going to be good? I think I'm going to enjoy it because some of my favorite movies are like cheesy, awesome adventures. And I I think it's going to be cheesy and wonderful. Have you, you seen it before? Yes, but okay. I don't. I'm like you guys. I don't remember a lot about it. Yeah. You always accuse movies of being cheesy before you watch them. And then I'm disappointed when and they're not. You, to you be fair, like most cheese. movies are cheesy. Why do you like, think yeah. this is going to be cheesy? You like the cheese, though. I That's love what you it. Want. I know. And I'm. You always say it like it's a bad thing, but really. No, I don't. I say it like I love it. It's like that thing I always say it's not cheese, it's whimsy. Well, that's uh, true. Unless you're talking about the first season. It all depends Doctor on the Who sincerity that's exactly of the whimsy. what I'm talking about. That's like really sincere whimsy. Cheese. It's cheese. Yeah. Yeah. If it's like, hey, I think you're the best little brother around. It's like, that's cheese. <laughs> yeah. That's cheese. Because yeah. that's a weird thing to ever say to anybody. <laughs> but he said it like he meant it. But if you, you, know s- what I mean? if you say it in a British accent, it's whimsy. That, that's also yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. No, false. <laughs> Brett, what do you think? So I remember the end of the movie. And I remember right. liking that part because the ending is the part you it's remember. It's very dramatic. Uh, but I, the other thing I remember is there's a lot of there. Uh, you you mentioned it. There's a lot of jokes at people's expense in this movie, mm-hmm. and, mm. <laughs> and so I'm I remember Boy. some of those. Uh, <coughs> shuffle shuffle. Um, yeah. But uh, mm. <laughs> the uh, question will be: Do they stick the landing of like, well, this is just a group of friends ribbing each other, or is it like, oh, hey. he probably had to go to therapy after that? So yeah, he's exactly. Probably He's probably upset. So I'm curious to know if those were actually <laughs> funny or not. Uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. What do you think, Ash? All right, I'm going to be the controversial oh, person. Oh, she's got opinions. I do, I got opinions. You um, hate it. Travis I just put on his fight face. Don't say uh, these things, Ash. Ah, Travis. No, you're uh, fine. I, um, I remember hating this movie. I'm yeah. sorry. What, I, at what age would you say you watched it? I was very little, so I'm going to say 10 or younger. I, I thought you were going to say like six. Yeah, me too. Oh, well, for me, anything under 10 is around that category. So yeah. who knows? You love children. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm bad with that. 
someone can hand me a baby and I can be like, is this, I don't, I don't understand this thing. Um, anyway, uh, don't hand <laughs> her babies. Story. Yeah, don't. The true story was much worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. The true, the true story was my friend handed me her newborn baby and asked me to kiss it. And I said, I'm not kissing anything that came out of your vagina. <laughs> That's a pretty good I mean, line. You know, That's I straight just, out of an Apatow movie. It like just that happened is solid. too, like a but month well, ago. Well, most people came out of a vagina. <laughs> Remember when we were talking about Goonies? Yeah. So, so my, Goonies. my question is, do you think you will still hate it now or okay. are you expecting to like it more? I Okay, so I remember really not liking this movie when I was a kid and I've grown up this whole time and everybody talks about the Goonies like it's the best, the best movie. And I seriously haven't seen it since. It probably was like on the Disney channel or something when I saw it. I don't know how I saw it, but you know, something like that. Saw it a long time ago. So I haven't seen it since. And everybody always mentioned stuff like the truffle shuffle and like I don't know what they're talking about. And like all these inside jokes about the Goonies. All I remember is they like, I remember the guy with the weird, I don't want to say too much because Bryce hasn't seen it. What? Uh, but um, I'm, I'm anticipating that I'm probably going to like it this time around. So you're going in with an open heart. That's I, what I'm I am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that if a lot of people like it, that it's probably <laughs> good. That's usually Drop how it works. Yeah. So, so let's talk about Kanye. <laughs> let's talk yeah. about Jurassic if a lot of people like it, then it must uh, be good, right? This is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people love to hate Kanye. I think that's sure. I think that's the. I think appeal. we could have a whole podcast episode on Kanye. Kanye yeah, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, Bryce, what do you think? <laughs> so usually I make a, a bad joke at this point, but um, I'm the uh, the only person here who hasn't actually seen it, so I'm actually going to talk about. I haven't seen it. Um, okay. And like Ash, uh, I've heard mostly good things about it. It seems to be a lot of people's favorite movie, so I'm curious. It seems to be people of like our generation specifically. I, it's heavy nostalgia. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Is I think I like that. I think it's a thing where it's just like and I'm I'm not saying that it's not good, as I said, haven't seen it in a while. But I do know that like when people talk about it, they talk about it in that way that you talk about your hometown. Mm-hmm. Right? Where it's like, but you moved away from there. Yeah. <laughs> of like, I yeah. sure did. But when people talk about like how much they love Goonies, they reference about five minutes worth of footage from like right. a two hour long movie. So it's like, do, well, how do you just remember like three really good moments or is it a really good movie? And even with knowing that popular culture about like about the movie, I'm still like, what the fuck is the plot of this movie? Yeah. Like, I don't mm. know. Oh, there's a plot and it's really? excellent. Okay. So yeah, I'm definitely I'm curious to go in without that uh, nostalgia filter. Yeah, and, Bryce uh, will be our meter on huh. if it's actually good. You you've spoken we'll more in this past like two minutes than you have <laughs> over the course of our entire. Yeah, podcast. I think there's usually yeah, there's like a, a there's a ten there. word per episode <laughs> yeah. uh, count for me. In this episode, introducing Bryce. Yeah. <laughs> so final word, Travis. What do you think? What are your expectations? I am expecting to like it. Okay. But I think that it's built up so much in my mind that it will not live up to the hype. There's some danger there. Mm -hmm. So Goonies is available on Amazon streaming. You can buy or rent it on iTunes. Of course, you could buy DVDs. When you search for it, your iPad will auto-complete the word goodies. So backspace a little bit (laughs) and actually type in Goonies. Um, and you should be able to find it. It's not on Netflix, but there's lots of places you can get it. Or uh, again, go to your parents' house and bust out the VHS. Yeah, right. This one works. is in the paper sleeve in the back of the yeah. game. 
Um, so we're going to take a little break and watch Goonies, and then we'll jump back on the mic and we'll share with you what we thought of it. So yeah, we just finished watching Goonies, um, and and I have to say, of all the children's movies I've watched and enjoyed, this one was chock full of dick jokes. The whole so movie is a dick joke. Many. The dick first jokes. time they said the pirate's name, spoiler, it's One Eyed Willie. Yeah. The first time I was like, no. And that wasn't even the first dick joke. They, that they broke the dick right. off the statue. They broke the dick off the statue for like a solid five minutes. Okay, before we get to into it, though, I want to say. Really held up. <laughs> I, <laughs> Is that a dick I enjoyed it immensely. I agree. Right? It was amazing. Okay. And it was like the perfect balance of cheese and whimsy. Now back to dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into that even more, I just, the, the two best dick joke quotes were, we got you now, One-Eyed Willie. We're coming up right behind you. And thank you, Mr. Willie. You uh, made my day. Yes, not that was not yeah. the one, one right I Willie was here. I can smell it. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that not on your list? I that hear that you, think, you just have to picture it. every time they made one of these kids say the phrase one eyed yeah. Willie, all the adult crew uh, are just like uh, shaking with uncontrollable laughter. Uh, We're like, just get through the take, just get through the take. Shh, just don't and then the kids are like, What's funny? It's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Did you guys notice that the medallion shaped like a skull that was, was the a cake dick? was absolutely shaped was, like a penis? Was one hundred and ten percent like oh yeah? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah my god! Now I want to say um, the callback to my worry before the um, the kiss between Sean Aston and the young lady. I would say she was the aggressor. I didn't feel... Now, he yeah. totally put himself in position to be confused as his brother, but his brother says to him, go find out what she's going on or whatever, ranting about. She, he said, find out what she's ragging about. What she's ragging. Which is like... Whoa. That's like my least favorite phrase. Like, it's the worst. Now, okay. <laughs> but to be fair, throughout this movie, which was what, 1984, 1985? 85. 1985. Right? There were so many opportunities where they could have been way like way racist and sexist and homophobic like way more so and they in fact handled a lot now aside from the fact that the main well not the main girl one of the girls the long-haired girl sounded like she was a ghost in yeah, human form i feel like they were still pretty sexist both the girls were very shallow but they didn't do the what's her face from temple of doom where like everything that that character did was like, I don't want to touch bugs. I don't want to eat weird food. I don't want to like, that was her character was like, I'm They did a that girl. a little bit though. They did a little bit, but I'm saying it could have been so much worse. I'm not <laughs> saying that this movie was pristine and, and perfect. I mean, there was stuff with like sloth and stuff with the girls where there was like moments where like they're having guns pointed at them and complimenting each other's hair and necklaces. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was a little... All right. right. Or like the fact that she like is in that one dude's car. She kind of just hopped from dude to dude to dude. She really did. Yeah. And like the fact that like her and Brant. <laughs> that right? yeah, I don't know. I never caught his I name. Know I know it was Bran, but I don't know if it was Brant. Samwise. It was Brolin. No, it was Brolin. Young Brolin. 
Young Bro and her could not wait to kiss. It did not matter what the scenario was. They could be covered in the grossest cobwebs. They could be like, have just fallen down a well or whatever. And they're just like, oh, we're close. I think that leads into... You know, I feel like this movie could have been called Wish Fulfillment the movie. And that whole thing of like brand. Oh, brand. We're, we're that's not a name. <laughs> that's not a name. Sorry, go tell, on. Tell Brand Stark. Brand. Oh. With a D. Brand. Not brand. Like flakes. it's his personal brand. <laughs> like he's been building up his Twitter presence. I just wanna point out though, like from from the very first time any of the characters got close, Travis was just like, kiss. Listen, <laughs> you you can paint me like and a weirdo, like but watch happened. this movie, everybody's lips are three inches away from yeah. each other the entire movie. Well, that's the thing is it happened. started happening like over happened. and over. I know. This movie was definitely uh, a romance guys. between Chunk and Sloth. Oh no, a hundred percent. But it was like they couldn't decide. It was like they started shooting the movie and halfway through like, we need to make Somebody kiss. There's some chemistry here. Everybody's this whole set is chemistry. People have got to start kissing. We got the are, dick jokes. They're gonna in lose there, their mind. We've out. been talking about willies all day, and these kids are getting horned up. We need some people kissing left and right. Yes, Loth and Chunk. Yes, please kiss. That wasn't even scripted. It wasn't. Sloth just did it. He's a giant football player, I think. I can't determine, but he's a giant is actor. That, is, was that the disability? Was no, he's player? just, I mean, the actor. Oh, Brett. No, but here's the, okay, I will say to that point, there's a completely unnecessary dark moment at the end yes. where it's like this whole movie, you watch it and there's something about the way that they portray sorry, Sloth and the way that like he shot where there was never a point where I was like, yeah, but what's his deal? Like I got it that he was kind of this almost mythological creature the way that they like talked about him where they would say like, I think he's human. It's like you lived in a world in which there were also centaurs and like fawn. <laughs> yes, he's human, but- <laughs> Then at the very end, it's revealed like when he was a baby, the mama character dropped him. And that's why he's sloth now. And it was like, I didn't need that backstory. You suddenly made it really real and upsetting. <laughs> really horrifying. Like in the last like 30 seconds, yeah. it was like if you got if you gave a friend a ride home and just before you dropped the mom's like, oh, I pooped my pants. Bye. And it was like, you could have gotten out of the car without telling me that. And then like from his perspective, like he tried to kill his mom. Like yeah. it got yeah. super dark. Yeah. And then when they get out, Chunk just like looks at him and is like, you're coming to live with me now without giving <laughs> any kind of check in with his parents who are five feet away to be like, hey, this six foot nine giant, is it cool if he comes and lives with them? He's just like, you're coming to live with me. I've known you for about an hour. I love you. Let's go. I mean, what are they going to say though? Like, no. And then the thing, and then he kills him. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> you made a good point. It was 1985, though. They probably could have said no. It just—it wasn't the place. It's. I. I will say this: that this movie, exactly what we talked about beforehand, really falls into that category of you can totally get why any kid, male, female, whatever, would fall in love with this movie 
if they saw it like between the ages of like 10 and 15, because it's uh, it's like left and right, this empowerment of kids of like, we got this far and this expert adult couldn't. And like every turn of like the kids outsmarting the adults, adventure around every corner. There's literally zero consequences in this movie. Like there's so many opportunities. We kept counting them off where I was like, okay, they would be dead. Okay, that kid yeah. would have died. Every kid, okay, they would have died. And, died. and there, like nothing, there's zero consequences, and nobody gets hurt even in, in very extreme circumstances. And it's like, yeah, I get it. This and is a fantasy. None of this really happened. Data should it's, have been seriously. Injured. Data should have been so dead. <laughs> it's it's wish fulfillment. The movie, yeah, the entire thing is just wish fulfillment for kids who want to go on adventure and play yeah. pirates and kiss the girl in the shadows. And I, I do like stuff. on your point about the the kid empowerment though. Like that was actually a speech in the movie where he was like yo we're way better than this actual treasure hunter who got smushed back there in the hallway like well, he and you would think one like of the other multiple. kids would have been like wait that's a good point how do we know how to do any of this well, <laughs> why are we suddenly good at this Andy made the point so how do we know we're not going to die in a minute yeah like she that was the first time she said something logical in the whole movie and then he was like because we're goonies and that, that's the other thing I think I missed it I'm gonna have to go back and honestly watch it again in 20 years to find out but in 20 years. they just start referring to themselves as goonies and I think there's a moment where he's like oh weird random backstory we're goonies anyways and it's just like that's they start saying it like it's a turn like it's ner- like like you were like you would say we're all nerds and everyone would be like I get what that is like they're referred to as goonies by mm. other people like there's a point where the you bullies are like it's them goonies and then like the uh, the the police or whatever roll up and like I think it's them goonies so yeah. it's like this is a term that they apparently call their friend group and everyone's on board with I think the cops called them goobers though oh yeah. that's true I think <laughs> oh, no, he was goobies. confused he, I, did, he couldn't remember the word but goonies but I think he's he not hip to the slang yeah. I believe he said goobies goobies not hip oh, to what those you. kids call but themselves. it is a thing where it's like so clearly like people know this but there is in the scene I loved I love this movie in the <laughs> in the attic where suddenly everything they need to figure out this mystery is within a two foot radius yeah. of them. There is so much exposition well, and, and backstory then- for them, the town, the pirates, like just said. Literally, with Sean Astin looking at the camera going, so here's the deal. There's some pirates. <laughs> you might as well have gone, all right, Travis, listen up. Yeah. Or they're in the basement and they just find the newspaper clipping. Look, it's, it's right the here. people. It's like a video game. Yeah. It's like one it. of the Lucas Arts, game, Arts games where you have to like walk around and collect like the pearl to put in the slot. And, yeah. like, and like everything was kind of highlighted a little bit. And you could tell like, oh, I think this is an, think a this usable is object. Yeah. All of these things you can't really interact with. And you're just clicking around. It's like, oh, you knocked over the picture. That must be important. Yeah. <laughs> but think about when you were 10 years old and you went on these adventures with your friends. Like there was this weird kind of trail that went between the backyards of houses in my neighborhood. And we could get from one street to another. And this was just an epic adventure. And we're just walking between the backyards of houses, you know? I just wasn't really buying it. Like when they're in the attic, he knocks over the newspaper clipping. And before he's even like looked at it, he's like, guys, look at this. And then he's reading it like, look, it's a clue. But it's the first time he's looking at it. Okay, you want to get the things that you can't quite believe. The the one-eyed Willie convinced (laughs) five guys to sit 
perfectly <laughs> still in their chairs while he stabbed them to death, knowing that if he just touched that string, they, they'd get the fuck out of the cage. That was the thing. <laughs> I didn't put that together till this watch where I was like, wait, he set up a booby trap that opened the wall of the cavern? Why did they stay there? And now that's going to bother me forever. Ever. Or the yeah. creepier scenario, trip. which is he stabbed all of those people violently and then gently placed them in their chairs <laughs> uh, and had a little tea party with all the dead pirates. Was he like lost his mind because he was there alone and he's like, well, I'm going to sit with Jim for a while. Now, this is this is one of those like heightened rea- magical realism kind of movies, right? Where if but if at the end you were like. No, this whole thing has just been like Sean Astin's dream as he, because in the very beginning, in the very beginning, he takes a huff of it, right? And then says he was deluding himself. And then all of this magical stuff happens. That's true. So it's like, wait, is this all his delusion as he like tried to paint a scenario in which his family wouldn't have to move? So then the villains were really just like innocent people that they like. No, they definitely escaped. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's he's that happened before the huff. But I'm just saying that, like, maybe he saw the newspaper, and that's why everything was within reach in the delusion. Because right. it was all stuff that his brain was, this, like, pulling and back into. Chunk had even told the story about yeah. the the car, the police chase and the fraternity. And the one guy set up that he was going to be on a date, too. Yeah. Right? All, all the elements were up. in place. Yeah. All you of were this there, is entirely made there, up. And you were there? If you started a chart from the moment that they were, like... <laughs> Wait, so we should go shit. look up in the attic. Uh, from the, that point forward, back up yeah. from when they opened the fence at the well, front of the that house. Was, that was like that yeah, peewee like, level when of the, like the okay. doorbell rings, but the guys are standing at the fence. <laughs> like the, because, nothing in this movie makes any sense. This is the, okay, this is the craziest thing because I, I'm glad you reminded me of the fence because I okay. So they have this like Rube Goldberg machine. That Which also doesn't make fence. any sense. Yeah, but that's the thing where it's like, okay, I saw Data do the thing. Maybe they're just all weird inventor kids. And then they mirror it with like the first booby trap. You see almost like shot for shot. Like, and the booby trap yeah. is very similar to this machine that they made. And I was like, oh, I completely, like, I guess I forgot that like there's a tie in of like, the kids are good with like the same kind of machines that and that's how they're able theory. to survive. But they never like, how did we get this far? Oh, because we think like him, but no one ever said that line, but they clearly justified it by going, Oh, he set up traps just like we set up traps. He thinks like us. And he's, oh. he does say at the end when he's with one, I'd really, he's like, you were the first Goonie or you were Goonie. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, but like you should have said that way before yeah. not yeah. because he has a grown over eye hole in his skull the Which weirdest reveal didn't make any sense. But, so here's why I buy that it should be another hole <laughs> there's just not an eye there no, his, his eye should have been lower and then he would have been one of the fratellis that's uh. true too so here's why I buy the whole Rude Goldberg machine thing thematically because it's it's like your fantasy trope of this is a world like our world, but magic is, exists, or yeah. but dragons exist. So this is a world like our world, except but Rube Goldberg. Complex Rube Goldberg machine technology exists. I mean, because they do the thing with I the piano, that works very well. where the floor falls away, and they don't even try 
to justify the mechanics yeah, of like that. Yeah, like the mechanics of all of this doesn't make any sense. That one guy's crushed by one of the falling rock things, but somehow, as Sam, I think you pointed out, somehow the rope repaired itself. What? Like, <laughs> and and you think how about did it reset? A way better example of that kind of like booby trap thing is in uh, Last Crusade. Where like he has to like you know spell the name of the Lord, Lord. and it's Jehovah because those, with those are the ones that are supported, and it's like oh, okay, I get why this would work, and the others would fall away because they're like loosely there. I agree. I feel like the whimsy of the science not making sense definitely aligns with like how I was as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd like be out playing, and you'd like jump off of a high place and flap your arms really fast, yeah. and you'd still fall. Just as normal, but you you thought you know maybe you flew for a sec because it didn't feel as fast as the last time. Yeah, like, the most out of place like sleuthing was the chunk knocking over the water thing, and they're like, "Oh wait, you hear that water? It sounds like it's dripping down into a cave that we could enter because it's under I, the fireplace." I, like I, the most unbelievable part of it was the time from them reaching scary kitchen, scary restaurant to when they actually went down into the tunnel because everybody was the worst at being reluctant I've ever seen in a movie <laughs> where everyone's like, I don't want to, as they're like walking forward into the place. Yeah. Then they get scared away. They get outside. Everyone's like, oh, we made it out. Let's go back in. And it's like, wait, hold on. Everybody's super on board with whatever Sean Astin wants to do yeah. as they're going, we don't want to do this, but all right. Yeah, I'll- like to me, it was. it's not just the science. Like the science is like clearly... There's so many ridiculousness. It's kid battleship. Yeah, yeah. and like whatever <laughs> you can you can accept that. But to me, there's like so many other things about this movie that just don't make any fucking sense. Their house is getting demolished tomorrow, and they haven't even started packing. But to be fair, all, all of the demolishing that, thing though, that's a very '80s trope of like they're coming to take over the rec center, and you're like, wait, like, how does that work? Also, even, they established that everything in the house was the property of the museum. And if they demolished the house with all that museum stuff in there, there's millions of dollars to be collected. And, and let me go, I don't think that they were demolishing the house the next day. I think they had it was to insurance be moved out. I think that, that what they were saying was they were all moving away the next day because they had to sign the papers by the end of the month. Yeah. So I don't but, think it was that they were demolishing right away so much as like they just had to be gone. I was hoping that it would be more adventurous. Mm-hmm. Like I was actually... No, hoping for more. I agree. I was a little disappointed. I agree. That was one of the, th- I remembered it being a, that there was yeah. a lot more like rooms mm-hmm. and traps. And I remember Sloth like being with them way more. more. And like, I, I remember there, I thought I remembered this whole thing about like, at first they were really scared of him and then they overcome that fear and they become friends. And like, that was like, yeah. that was like two seconds. Like that, yeah. that they were always beat. afraid of sloth. And then he showed up at the end and they were all cool with yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. Well, because it, it, cause he know? started helping them. That's, I think that's a kid. Hey, that quickness but we skipped over that whole story with him and chunk where they like become friends that's and true. everything. And like, that's what I wanted to see. I don't Is know though? that, that hot, hot baby Ruth moment. That is like, pretty sweet. There were sparks flying there. I, I, I <laughs> just creepy think that, makeout sesh. I think what it is, it's interesting because I think it has to do with the memory thing that we were talking about earlier. Is I mm-hmm. think like you look back on those moments without having to see having seen the movie in a while, and you're like, surely there's a lot really they go to like 12 different traps and like they're in there for like hours. And it's possible because it seems pretty real time that the events of this movie could happen in like an hour and a half. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's longer because it's clearly like overnight. They wake up. It's the next morning. Though there seems to be no fatigue from these children. Well, I mean, but really, the events of it. They get, to, they're they get to the restaurant and they're like, medicine. oh, it's time to go. It's like dinner time. And then an hour. It could have been real time and still been light out. No, because the when they get to the wishing well, it was night. Oh, it yeah. was night yeah. time. So that's what I'm saying. So it like the, it clearly takes over like the course of eight hours or more because yeah. yeah, Trunk like runs away and the, then go, has to go back. This is what I'm saying. So it definitely yeah. goes from like sundown to sun up. So it could be like a 12 hour period, and it doesn't. It, I, I will agree that it doesn't feel like 12 hours worth of stuff happens. But I think that that's what happens in a lot of like. Uh, real-time adventure movies where the key is at the end you feel like a lot happened and then you go back over it and you're like well oh they didn't really do that much because like how much can you really show of a 12-hour period in a two-hour that's like my favorite scene in the ed norton hulk movie where those uh those like uh mercenaries chased him Mm -hmm. for a solid day like it starts at night and then the sun comes up and goes down and it's yeah. night. They chased him for a solid day, but the sequence was just a montage that played out in like a minute. Yeah. Love that scene. No one else in the world has memories of that movie. <laughs> Some of our listeners do. It's a great movie. <laughs> Support Nick on Twitter. So the 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 mom or whatever, evil Fratelli mom. Uh, definitely did actually serve those kids alcohol because there was a clean water cooler in the basement. I was yeah, just thinking like, about that. Definitely. Snap. Or like, <laughs> no, no. Or like, she. Just I was went, about to be like, no, that was just dirty water. And then you're like, because there was clean water downstairs. I was like, <gasps> but yeah. she didn't go downstairs because she was trying to put up the illusion that, was, that they were working. But that was the weirdest thing. There was nothing about like that was the lowest respect for a child's intelligence I've yeah, ever seen. Like, I was like, uh, what do you want? It was like, you don't have food. What would you do if they were like, we'd like dinner, please? And you'd be like, no. Get well, that out. one kid did, right? If, why if why didn't why your wasn't... cheeks? Does your tongue pop out? Yeah, yeah. I don't. This is okay. I, I did know. find this interesting. I thought they would address this. I think that the problem is, is that, and really, until literally the very last moment of the film, there's very little introduction that there is magic of any kind. Right, but then the ship like sails its fucking self out of the bay, <laughs> and clearly the way it's shot is very clearly like everyone's reacting to it like it's a ghost ship, yeah, like, sailing out into the ocean. Until that moment, we are pretty much in the in real reality. world. I think, yeah, and so and so and so it feels like there's a type of person that will watch it and be like, I'm not worried about reality. And there's a type of person who watches going, this is reality and it doesn't make any sense. And it feels just kind of luck of the draw of what type of person you are. And I'm not saying that Ash is wrong or that that all the rest of us are right. Um, But just that idea of like the movie doesn't give you any kind of excuse to believe that any of this makes sense yeah. outside of it's the physics and reality. It's all very convenient. It's yeah. all placed right, like, you know, in arm's reach. Like, Do you know even what? like, why is Rosalita even still working for them? After this kid is like, if you don't do a good job, we're locking you yeah, up. Threatened like, to kill her. And, but it's also <laughs> like the next day, the and kids have been missing leaves. all night. Like, like, they wouldn't be like, thank God our trusty maid of 12 hours is here by our side. Yeah, like, why and is gives she us all the there? jewels instead of, like, keeping yeah, them in the like, pocket. Them that didn't so make hard. any sense. Like, she would have kept them. But My, I, I uh, think hey. that all works in the child's wish fulfillment yeah, that agree. is this movie. 
like in the perspective of the kid, she totally bought it. But in the perspective of the adult, of course the kid is fucking with you. Like let what me, person is gonna say Let me that? pitch you this. Are you ready? Goonies too. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if what we are seeing is the story told by adult chunk to his kids? Follow me. Yes. We've I already love established it. we've already established that Chunk is known around town as a guy who tells tall tales. Everybody who talks to him every time he says, this is what's going on. The other people are like, oh, is this like the time he told me such and such? So this is the version of the story as retold. I would totally Chunk. accept that. So at its core, there is truth in this story. So they but all like, of the elements have been exaggerated. And then they this had de- like deformed guy fish. just turned to me and kissed me. And like, it, it wasn't bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, and in real life, Sloth just had like a scar across his... And that's how I met your dad. <laughs> And Sloth just had like a, a scar across his eye or maybe like cauliflower ear. But the way because Chunk... he was slow? No, you know, I think it was Sloth because it was the 80s. So <laughs> nobody was like, that's mean. So we could have had like Big Fish bookends with yeah. Albert Finney as old Chunk. Yeah. I think that's yeah. exactly what we're looking at I think it would have been a here. way better movie then. And if I tell you that, you're like, okay. Yeah. There's, an, there's a, what's it called? The un, unreliable narrator. Where it's like, okay, maybe this is true, maybe it's not, but yeah. I'm gonna buy into it because someone's weaving a tale for me. I, and, and I, like I, you said, they have established his character like that. So. that. And all of the magic happens outside of Chunks being there. Like he doesn't see any of the traps or any of the cave yeah. stuff or any of the pirate so he ships, can make it all trap up. stuff or anything. That yeah, he doesn't see anything. I definitely think that has some truth. And then also, if you pair that with the story being told from the perspective of the kids and not like the logical perspective of an adult, it makes total sense. Yeah. I like the idea that there was just a canoe with a roll of quarters in it. <laughs> and this is the story that Chunk told. <laughs> right? There's a, okay. My favorite, before we wrap up, before we finish, my favorite random moment is when they find the, um, they find the wishing well and Feldman has this weird I want to talk about this moment this weird passionate moment yeah. where oh, suddenly yeah. he sounds like if you gave his tone of voice and attitude to a like 45 year old woman who in a movie who was in an abusive relationship mm-hmm. and she had dreamed of like being a star but it had all fallen apart because of her alcoholic husband that was how he delivered that. Am I yeah. wrong? He literally no, said, so this right. one was my dream. And like, you're 10. What is this? This was the moment that I said, speaking of things that I always fuck up, I said in the beginning, there's a moment that Sean Astin delivers that's so perfect. And I was so wrong because it was Feldman. But to be fair, and this, th- it's like 30 seconds apart from Astin's big sure. moment of like, we're Goonies and Goonies. Yeah. But I love die. this moment. This, this one's mine and I'm taking it back. I'm taking them all back. That's the moment. And then that he just really, like had and then he dies and dies into the water. I think it's a beautiful moment. No, listen, I get where you're coming from, it's but I justified love that moment. to me because like these kids have been dealing with the fact that like their home, their childhood homes are be, they're yeah, being scattered to the wind. But it's just such a moment of like the the heat that he is bringing to it is like. When you see a child who's like funny in a way that a child should not be, it's like, are you a 40 year old in a child's body? You're way too funny for a four year old. That's how I felt about this moment. I was like, Feldman was bringing this heat where I was like, what have you seen at this point? You know, I think this is Feldman's wheelhouse because he had a moment like that in Stand By Me when he has the breakdown and talks about what his dad did to him. Yeah. Wait, was this before or after Stand By Me? 
I'm going to say a little bit before. I think he was a little older in Stand By Me. Okay. But oh, really? That's the thing. That's a guess. And let me I tell think. you, I mean, before he nails the moment. Yeah. I'm not saying he blows it. I'm just saying that in the midst of this whimsical adventure, mm-hmm. he has this moment. Like, I thought the next moment was going to be, my dad's been abusing me. Like, that's how he delivers yeah. this shit of like, this one's my dream. You and mean, like, they were all like, we know. We, we know. You mean the emotional core of the movie? That's what I'm saying. It's a, but it's like you're waiting for some reveal other than because they're taking my house away. Because mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we all felt that. It's that moment that comes in a movie about much older kids. It's, it's the mm-hmm. Judd Nelson moment in Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. Is that who it is, Judd Nelson? Yeah. Yes. Where it's, you know what I got for Christmas? Like, that's the heat that this 12-year-old is bringing to this moment where it's like, what are they about to reveal? And it's just like, nah, he's bummed. He's just <laughs> bummed about his house and stuff. He's bummed. So let's let's get our final judgments on this thing. Brett, what do you think? What's your what's your verdict? So I I really liked it. That was that was all right. Uh I mean, I don't think I'm gonna be like going out of my way to suggest it to people, but like Especially if they haven't seen it before. I feel like it's something I wouldn't want to show to like a thirty five year old for the first time. I know, time. I'm really interested yeah. to hear what wait. Bryce feels. <laughs> but uh no, it was it was pretty enjoyable. Uh the uh the stuff that I thought was gonna be like bad wasn't in there. Uh, truffle stuff, truffle shuffle, still terrible. But, but like well, to I, that point, I want to give credit where credit is due. Mouth Feldman's the one who makes him do it, and then Sean Aston's like, "Stop it, hey, stop it." And it's not. I remembered it as like like a horde of kids standing around him, pointing and laughing. Poking that was not it. It was like one. It happens for like one half of a second, and it's just Feldman being a dick. But exactly. also, credit where credit's due. The filmmakers do continue to use his fatness as he a has joke. fat Tourette's. Like, you guys, he, has yeah. he, has Tourette's. he smells food and has to say it out loud. Yeah, it happens it, numerous times in the movie to the point where they have to bad. cover his mouth so that he doesn't get discovered because he can't <laughs> shut he can't his mouth about ice cream. And he's because just like pizza, just, pepperoni. And they're like covering his and mouth. And then his I mom love shows the idea up of fat Tourette's. with dominoes. With, uh, dominoes. Yeah, like, enabling parents. I just think that, no, 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 no. That was bad, bad. Like, yeah, they weren't racist, but they were like, that was pretty bad about fat. Like, that's well, not cool. It was a Scooby-Doo movie. So them, like, holding him as he's, like, dreaming of pepperoni. Like, this is a good question. Did you like these kids? Yeah. Did you find these kids I want to hang out with relatable? These, I want to no, be 10 years old and hang out with these kids. I, you know, the pro- I hung out with every one of these kids when I was younger. It was pretty awesome, wasn't it? But I, the okay, sure. But like, in my opinion, the two real, yeah, it wasn't racist. The movie wasn't racist, but the fat jokes were distasteful, in my opinion. And the female characters were completely shallow. And like, that, that's what I was gonna say. Like, it killed me. The blonde was nothing. I'm sorry, but it was yeah. like pretty sexist. Like that was, yeah, yeah. yeah that was you know, it was sexist. I would say it was sexist by omission for me because you had these two female characters and. Andy was that the girl? Who was the girl? Right, yeah. Andy and yeah. Stephanie. She she was she was there to be like, oh my god, you guys, but like a ghost might. 
Like if she was mm-hmm. a ghost cheerleader, I would believe it. <laughs> and the other one, I remembered being this like annoying, you know, that friend sidekick that was in so many 80s movies, like the Kimmy Gibbler of like the movie where the joke was like how annoying she was nothing. No, like, she and, was and nothing. I, and that was not a they knock on the actress. very shallow. That actress is no very good. No to their characters. She's grown to beat. Like she does a ton of shit still. But they didn't give her like any lines. No, she doesn't do yeah. anything in the group. But the, and the thing is, I will say the boy characters were well developed. I love the fact that the main character he always pronounces words wrong. Like I love that that was his thing. The mouth guy, he's a smart ass. The the trunk guy, he's a klutz, and his klutz like you know always ends up helping them. Like I like that they all had their like little thing. He said, "Drop the water cooler." But the <laughs> older kids had nothing. Even the older brother, he was really shallow. He was he, he was, was a brother type. His job yeah. was be brother. And he did yeah. it great. And at least he was a little protective of them. And like, but the girls, literally, their only character defining anything was, was that girl. we're girls. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, yeah. hold on. I do want to say one thing about the brother thing because I was impressed by this, and I would be mad at myself if I didn't note it. They do something with the brother that is so rare in '80s movies with brothers in it, which is usually what happens with '80s movies and brothers is you have to wait the whole movie for the older brother to be like, "Hey, Care. I know that I'm mean to you sometimes, but I love you." And this brother, from like moment one, the first moment of yeah. them together, was like, "I know what you mean, man." And they have this like real honest relationship, and it's like, "Yeah, that." That's what being a brother, like even I, my brothers and I fought growing up because brothers do, but it was always like, that was like 10% of the time. And the rest of the time was like, Hey guys. Yeah. And so that I made That's me so happy. It made me so happy to see this moment of like, and throughout, even when his, it should be like, Oh, you're annoying me. The brother would still be like, oh, give me a hug. And I'd be like, yeah, this is a very honest portrayal of brothers that you don't usually see in like 80s kids Except movies. Except for John Cusack in Stand By Me, but yeah. That's what I have to see. I haven't seen that Stand one in forever. Yeah. So anyway, the yeah, that's a good point though. Like this was from a time before uh, women having any agency in the f- plot of the film uh, wasn't a big deal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's a weird sad product of the time but uh there was a lot of other like really good character stuff and it was like it didn't have to be all the guys and i think that's and any one of the of the goonies could have been like easily just been a girl yeah and it would have been true the same good story uh so the same could be said of so many movies <clears throat> yeah so i mean i re- i really liked it i that's uh it was a long detour, but uh, I think that one that one holds up. I don't think it holds up to like an adult watch mm. per se, uh, but it was definitely like I get why I liked it as a kid, and I still like I, it holds up to my kid expectations. What do you think, Sam? Um, I agree. I think it's kind of along the lines of Ducktales, where like it had a target audience, and like if you're expecting it to be like you know, a much more grandiose, well put together film, you're going to be disappointed. But if it's, you're kind of expecting like a fun kid adventure, that's exactly what it is. And that's exactly what it delivers. Yeah. It's dated in some aspects of its character development, especially with the women, but thankfully, like, I think there's other redeeming qualities that make up for that. Yeah. I, I was completely on board with the movie. I was very, very happy with it. I, I see the complaints some of you guys have and don't completely agree. 
as far as like my prediction, it, it being a movie told from the point of view of children, I think it knocked that out of the park. That that wish fulfillment of being a ten year old and going on adventures, I think it it absolutely holds up. And I I I do think I enjoy it as an adult. What do you think, Ash? I didn't like it as a kid, and I don't like it as an adult. Oh, you didn't hate it. Hold on, you didn't hate. It. I want to be clear. I, I will say that I I don't. It's it's not my favorite movie. I'm not, and you know what? I will also say that I think I think the I think it's been cracked up to be more than it is. Mm. And I think that my expectations were much higher and it didn't deliver on that. But that being said, as a fun movie to watch with a group of friends and make fun of, because I will note that even the people in the room who said they like it, we spent the entire movie ragging on it. Yeah. Nonstop. The whole time. I do that to all movies all the time. You did. I was trying real hard to pay attention to some stuff that you guys were giggling through. We like tore it apart while watching it. And that was fun and so for that i love watching like bad movies and doing that so yeah. i mean i think that would it's a fun thing i think kids will love it's a this good movie. bad movie i think i think it's more like everyone's cracked it up to be something more than it is and i think at the end of the day it's just kind of like a b you know and i'm expecting an a but it's just kind of like a b but i think that's true of most cult classics like if it were an a it wouldn't be cult you know what i mean i think the b is like yeah but i see the quality in it beyond the b status it's the relatability i would agree it's it's a b to et's a yeah yeah agreed so bryce what did you think uh you know i thought it was enjoyable like i mean it's definitely it is like aimed at it's like it's a kid's movie and you know there's definitely like some pc stuff that wouldn't fly today um but it was still you know it was like a fun journey and seeing these kids you know what they go through like it was you know i think if i was younger and seeing it for the first time i think i would so as an adult having seen it for the very first time do you think it's still fairly solid i mean it's like i think Brett said it pretty well. Like it's like I'm not going to go out and be like you've you've got to see this movie and probably never watch it again, right? Probably not. I mean, yeah. unless in, unless I'm in a scenario like this, but I still wasn't like, you know, there's been plenty of other movies that I've watched recently uh, where I've been bored and checking my phone. Like I, you know, I was still like along for the ride. I wasn't checked out. Like I I was enjoying it. So you know, I think seeing it as a the kid would be, I'd be more on board, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I didn't hate it. I think I liked it. All right, Travis, what's your final judgment? Um, So I would say this. I'll break it down like this. If you and a group of friends all remember loving this movie and you want to have like a nostalgia night with like some beers and wine, it is it. It, there's not going to be points in it where you're like, oh, I forgot how racist this was. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, it's not going to grind the evening to a heart. You're going to like, like, you're going to have a good time. Like Ash said, we sat yeah. here and, and like, you know, I wouldn't say we didn't tear the movie apart in like a this is terrible, but more like I can't believe that like we all let this slide when we were kids yeah. kind yeah. of way. Yeah. yeah. And so I think like it's good for that. If I had a 10 year old son, I would show it to him. Probably a girl, too. But to your point, not because I don't think a 10 year old girl would like the movie, but because there's not really a character for a 10 year old girl to be like, this is your window in, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, but that said, I think that, I think that I would show this to my future kids. Um, I think if somebody brought up the Goonies to me, I'd be like, you know what? I just watched that. It really holds up. I think that would be the best, 
way you could put it because it's not like it reminded me what film could be, but it is like, yeah, I watched <laughs> it again and you know what? Like it was exactly what I remember it being, you know, a solid B that's like, you know, it's good. It, it doesn't drag. The pacing of it is really good. Once they get in, it keeps going. It's clearly built to hold the kid's attention. You know what it reminded me a lot of the more recent and we mentioned it halfway through Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. Where it was just like, yeah, you kind of got to like, just kind of accept that all this is going on and make sense. And it felt like a Disney ride that they had turned into. It did. It felt like they just fell into a Disney ride. Yeah, especially <laughs> at the end when they slid down the thing and they landed in like the yeah. cave. It was just like, and this wasn't based on anything because it damn sure feels like it is. Yeah. I thought many times I want to go on the Goonies ride. Yeah. Cool. So thanks. And I think I think this was a pretty good time. And thank you very much for swinging by, Travis. It was no great problem. having you on the show. And those of you who may not have heard Travis before, I think you've definitely seen that this guy is fun at podcasting. Um, so you should. He's kind of good at it. He's kind thanks. Of you should, I hope so. At this point, are you kind of a big deal? <laughs> kind of a big. I'm very important on the internet. That's <laughs> that's what I like to say. Very important, comma on the internet. So um, at the very least, you should check out McElroyShows.com. Yes, M-C-E-L-R-O-Y-Shows.com. It has all of our podcasts, including my brother's uh, other podcasts, our YouTube channels. There's one that my brothers do that's so funny um, called Monster Factory. I highly recommend it. Uh, it's also got our Twitter accounts, our Facebook groups, and like our PO boxes and email addresses for the various shows and everything. Um, there's, if you've got a, a, like a rainy Sunday and you're looking for something to do, macroyshows.com. I, I constantly recommend my brother, my brother and me and adventure zone to people. Thank you. And the best part is when people start listening to like, you know, people are like, Oh, I don't know. I'm not into D and D. And then they start listening to adventure zone and they're just like, Oh my God, this is the best. And then usually they start listening to my brother, my brother and me because of, you yes. know, or, or vice versa. But those are my two faves oh absolutely well, you, you you got me hooked on those and and thank you like they're freaking great well you can thank brett because brett got me hooked oh, yeah. on it's a disease that spread <laughs> yeah, through this spreading. group pretty quickly. that's kind of how it's worked yeah, <laughs> yeah. the mcelroy pox <laughs> it, it sure as hell wasn't because you, we were famous before we started doing the shows <laughs> that's for that's for damn sure so if if you like this show, it's part of the uh, Last Dash TV network of content. Uh, we have a YouTube channel where there's video game parodies. There's a cooking show. There's a show where me and Ash drink a yeah. lot. And, and, and Travis is on that. He's on one Get of those. An episode of that. Yeah. Let's drink. Those drinks were disgusting. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You know, I just one recently remade the Mayan, though, and it is so good. I know. I believe you. So the one with the coffee grounds. That was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah I that liked one was that good. one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. there's, uh, there's lots and lots of content out there. You can also follow us on Twitter. Um, we're at Let's Rewatch. Tweet at us if you have any movie suggestions. We had a few really good suggestions recently uh so thank you to people who have been tweeting at us theodore ralph rosh oh uh sam i tweeted thanks a tweet. for tweeting at us sam <laughs> if you want in um in our ducktales episode we talked about the awesome art that sam did do you want to talk about it sam oh no i don't need to talk about the, it i'm just proud anyway, of myself for tweeting a thing yeah so if you want to see a picture of the iron giant that sam made we it's on our Which Twitter. Yeah, I, I tweeted that episode. right before Brett kicked him off the shelf, and I <laughs> he he. 
decapitated him and broke him in half, yeah. and I had to oh, rush no. him to Did the, the ER. Did the pieces all move together again? Yeah, yeah, but by Sam's hand. By my hand. <laughs> I should have, like, oh, that would have been so much fun to play it like that, but I didn't. I was just panicking. I'm like, get me the glue! Get me the glue! Yeah, like he was going to die if he didn't get him back yeah. together right away. So, uh, yeah, thanks to Ralph Verlaze, who recommended Sandlot, ah, which yes. would definitely yeah. be a good, yeah. and hopefully we can get that one in soon. And then I you can also follow Laughstash TV at Laughstash TV as well. Yeah, we all we all have personal Twitters. You can tweet at us. Mine's Bread Eagles. Bread the food underscore Eagles, like more than one. The bird. The bird, and then several eagles. Sam, I don't know mine. Sam is Sam L Wilson with two L's. What one Wilson wheel... has two L's, not the L in between. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one wheel Nick. I'm at Ashes Stash. I'm actually gonna plug mine for once. I'm Egnoff. E G G N O F. And actually, uh, check Bryce's Twitter out. He actually has a lot of followers for someone who never uses Twitter. And, uh, and Travis, you're verified on Twitter, right? Right? Aww, I'm not. Right? Way to rub Aww. it in. No, listen, I'm glad that you brought it up, Nick. Every platform. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you are. Every platform I have to petition people. Both my brothers are verified. I am a middle child who is not. I'm the only one who's not verified out of the three brothers. It hurts me to my core it's every day. It's not your birthright, apparently. Uh, it, well, they are both uh, journalists outside of the other shows that we do. So that is why they are verified. Um, but if you or anyone you know has any pool um, over at the Twitter and you can get me verified, please contact me at Travis McElroy. It's so bad. I'm a man without shame. I will accept (laughs) help from any avenue. Please help. For just pennies a day, you can verify (laughs) my poor Twitter. And if you liked what you heard, please review us on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Also on Stitcher now. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. We are. We are. Spreading out wide Super there. legit. <laughs> Just like one eyed Willie. <laughs> Sorry. No more like They swap. had to know, right? right. So, like they, they had, had to, to know. Mr. Donner, if you're listening, you knew, right? <laughs> oh, Richard Donner knew. You knew. I, Old Dick Donner. Do you, you think knew. like the kids didn't though? And every time they said it, like everyone on Brolin the set's knew. just like, oh, I guarantee yeah. you Brolin knew. I think Brolin explained it to the other kids one by one and they all had a moment. I bet if you watch <laughs> the movie in the right or like skip around to the scenes, you can watch the kids be like, oh, I'm talking about a dick. <laughs> when you said spreading wide, like the movie, I thought you were talking about Sloth at the end when he made all the kids oh, run oh under no. his legs in between. <laughs> I, love, I love you, Sloth. Yeah, and then Chunks like But I actually up think that's a very sweet moment because it could have been played like, oh, we don't want to. And they just, do, like, they mm-hmm. crawl between his legs. Like, yeah, we trust like you completely. You it's not a, I thought it was a very sweet moment. All the dicks went over their heads. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, just one deformed one. Yeah. I was gonna say oh, you did. Oh, no. You did pluralize it like sloth had multiple dicks. <laughs> we don't know, know what was in there. Yeah. So join us every two weeks for more Let's Rewatch, where we'll watch more movies that we loved and see if they still hold up. So yeah, check us out every two weeks. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and and all that stuff. All right. Uh, so next time on Let's Rewatch, we'll be watching The Burning Dead. Volcano zombies. <laughs> <That's pretty good. laughs>